Hello, you're listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast, season three, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network, sponsored by Hindenburg, Apogee, Source Elements, and Focusrite. My name's Rachel Naylor, and I'm your host. I've been a voice actor for over 20 years, working in all areas of voiceovers, including video games, commercials, promos, and narration. I'm editor of The Buzz magazine, founder and director of The VoiceOver Network, and I'm also a multi-award-winning entrepreneur. The VoiceOver Network is the number one place for voiceover professionals to get the best training, help, support, opportunities, and access to an amazing supportive community. We are all about helping, supporting, and strengthening the voiceover industry. The VoiceOver Hour podcast? Well, it takes you behind the scenes in the voiceover industry, sharing stories, insights, and so much more. They'll be dropping every Tuesday. They'll be up to an hour long, and I'll be talking to some fantastic experts in our industry, including voice actors, agents, producers, and casting directors. They'll be sharing their stories, as well as information and advice to help you with your voiceover journey. I started the VoiceOver Network seven years ago because I wanted to create a safe place for voiceover professionals to come together, to help and support each other, to get the right information and to strengthen this incredible industry we work in. The VoiceOver Network is a global community of voiceover professionals and I'm so proud of what we've created. I want to empower you on your journey. Hello, everybody. Hello and welcome to the VoiceOver Hour podcast. I'm so excited to have you all joining us for this interview today because I've got someone awesome lined up to talk to. Uh, Today, I'm going to be talking to the brilliant Gemma Laurel. Now, Gemma is an Australian actor specialising in voicing video games and game trailers. Having played video games for over 20 years, she now voices characters in them, which is pretty cool, huh? Uh, Including Warframe, Path of Exile and Earthshade, along with voicing game trailers such as Eve Online and Last Epoch. A regular guest speaker on patch and game convention panels, Gemma loves to share insights to hopefully help others looking to break into this industry. Welcome, Gemma. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So awesome to have you on the VoiceOver Hour podcast and really excited to hear kind of how, you know, how things work as well in in Australia. Um, So, yes, really, really. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I'm looking forward to uh, questions and hopefully helping our audience um, answer some of the things they might have rolling around in their heads. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, so let's just let's get started. So how did you get started in voiceovers and voice acting? Not in a planned way is probably the, yeah. the quickest way to answer that one. Um, it kind of came around in a big circle. I feel like the Harrison Ford of the voiceover world, I started really late. Um, So my background was in a completely different profession. I I used to be a lawyer. And then for fun, to balance out that very um, competitive um, nature of criminal law, I started acting classes after work. Now, mind you, the whole way through um, studying law and then also practicing, I was a hardcore video gamer. Uh, so <laughs> during law school, I'd I'd waddle home and then I'd play some to- the very early school Tom Clancy games like Rogue Spear. Um, and then when I started practicing, at the end of the week, so I'd put people in jail, 
walk out of the courtroom, literally go to a place called the Bunker in Queensland, which was like an all-night lockdown session for the, 19, the 1942 version of Battlefield. We're going back quite a number of years now. Um, and I would do a lock-in all-night session. So I loved video games for a very long time and treated them as more like relaxation and fun to, to balance out that heavy workload. So I never even thought about voice acting um, at all for quite a long time. Um, how I got into it was a little bit, um, I think this is reflective of how we all get into it. I think everyone's going to have their unique story and and there is no set path. There's no real way to go about it. It's certainly not linear. It's not like you yeah. study a degree, you get a job, ta-da, the formula's there. No, it's like acting for film and TV. It just it's probably not going to happen the way you think it's going to. And it will probably take longer than you think it's going to as well. Um, so, yeah, mine started with the voice acting. I was a film and television actor working on an indie feature film in Australia. And I was in the back of a car being taken to a film set on location and the director and producer in the front seats. And we all were just chatting. And, of course, me, being such a nerd for games, started talking about you know, the old school games of playing and the old Prince of Persia and how good is Assassin's Creed, etc., etc. And the producer turned around and was like, you play games? And I was like, yeah. So that started the whole conversation. He was working with a indie game studio in the US, um, Puny Human Games, who were working on their first project, I believe, at the time. And um, yeah, the producer said to me, hey, do you want to do, do some voices in the booth? And I, yes, I said, yes. That was so exciting to me. So that was my way in, completely off the side, never had any experience, um, didn't plan for it, but was open to it and was just excitedly nattering on about something I was passionate about. So my mm-hmm. tip for anyone looking to get in is talk about what you love. Like if you love video games, yeah. talk about video games. Um, so that, that yeah. was it really. Absolutely. Wow. What a wonderful, what a wonderful story. I love hearing, you know, voice actors stories of how they kind of come into the industry because it's always so different and uh, yeah coming in from being a lawyer is very cool because there's a lot of acting that goes in into that, that you know being a lawyer and um yeah actually I've, I've met a few people recently who are lawyers who've who've did so, sort of changed their changed their career path and come into the voiceover world um which is quite interesting I think actually the pandemic has forced a lot of people to reassess their lives and and really look at you know what they're fighting for and uh, yeah a lot of people have changed their careers I think around the you know the pandemic time so yeah how fascinating awesome and so what do you tell us what do you enjoy about being a voice actor in video games I think it's the opportunity to have fun and to create something yeah. with other people yeah. because I've I've found that it's the really the people that I enjoy working with the most. Um, yeah. And there's a, I think there's in the arts, that's what's great about it is there's, there's a tolerance for new ideas. You're not, you know, yeah. slapped for t- contributing something as a thought. Everyone's like, Oh, you know, and, and um, you know, there's a level of vulnerability too, which everybody has. Writers are putting their mind, you know, onto the page and um, actors are bringing their, the vulnerability of, 
you know, looking, well, first of all, you're going to look stupid in the booth, the, the way your mouth moves, the way spit's flying out, you know, like it's, it's one of those um, professions where you can't be shy about looking like a fool. It's not um, glamorous. So- Let's just say that. It's not glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but it's so freeing because it isn't. So unlike, yeah. you know, film and yeah. TV, you'll get judged for your face, but in the booth, you know, you're able to, you can ignore how you look. You're not going to be judged for how you yeah. look. It's more about yeah. can you act? How do you sound? Are you bringing a character to life? You know, are you believable? So yeah. the the questions become a little bit more um, deeper, I think, for the human experience. Definitely, definitely, it is. You know, I, I mean, for me, you know, I do. I, I'm in quite a lot of video games, and that's an area of the voiceover industry that I love. Um, and, you know, and I do find that there's something really magical about voice acting in video games. You have to be so present. You have to be so in the moment. And if for a second you think about, you know, you're not not there in the moment completely immersing yourself, you know, you've lost it. Um, So it's very much like going back to being a child and just completely immersing yourself and using your imagination because you don't have, you don't have set, you don't have costume, you don't have, you know, often we don't even get to see a picture of, our character um we don't you know it all has to come from the imagination which which is so exciting and wonderful yeah yeah it actually totally like i found that video games has been the most demanding for an acting ability like of course there's there's e-learning for voiceovers and narration and things like that but video games has just been because it's so storytelling influence it's really about telling stories um, yeah. performance is everything and getting out of your head and into your body that's the whole other skill set as well which needs to be brought in order to bring a character to life because you know they're breathing living breathing uh, mm-hmm. characters souls that, that have stories and they have emotions so yeah remembering not to just be a talking head is really important <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely definitely um, yeah because you obviously you know you have to get across emotions in you know it through your voice without using your face so mm. you know I'm, I'm somebody who's got a very I'm very facial I've got a lot of facial expressions and so yeah I have to work hard to make sure that you know that comes through in the voice um which is yeah, yeah. which is really really interesting um is yeah the other thing I, I kind of feel like which is exciting and wonderful but also it's hard in in voice acting for video games is that you have you you can go from you know different emotions from one line to the next line without you know a, a follow-through so you sometimes you're in the mm. studio and you're 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 going through lines on an excel spreadsheet with the director and you'll go from you know something really scared to being happy to being sad to being terrified to and that can be line after line after line so you have to be really flexible as an actor and able to to pivot you know emotionally mm. and you know you, 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 a lot of the time you don't have a lot of time to I mean it depends on the director and it depends on the production and the video game you know there I, I worked on one video game and I had I don't know it was like three lines and we were in there for an hour getting into the to the depth of the character and then other times you're <laughs> in there and you've got you know a thousand lines in an hour you've got a bam 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 um so yeah it's yeah, yeah, that's it. It's a mixed bag too because it depends, like like you said, when you're being directed, well, it depends on whether the director has also been a voice actor before too because, um, you know, 
thank goodness most studios, most people I've worked with leave the efforts to the end so that you don't yes. tire out your voice at the beginning. So you can do all your dying and your screaming and your yeah. goodness knows yeah. what yeah. else Being towards the end. Being set on fire. I've, I've been set yeah. on fire a few oh, times. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Been set on fire. It's like, oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah, different ways to die. What's handy? <laughs> little tips and tricks come out. I've got to hear some of your tricks. But um, I found putting a little bit of water in your mouth to get a bit of a gurgle happening is uh, helpful Ooh. for sounding very deathly when you're dying. It's um, something, yeah, oh, gaggly about the dying. It's ooh, goosebumps. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. I like that one. You've got to do um, a, a session on just tips and tricks for um, what you actually do in the booth. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And it is... It's very odd sometimes, yeah, the things that, that we, you know, and the sounds we make, I sometimes come out just going, oh, my God, that's, yeah, the sounds that <laughs> you, we make, like, oh, it's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep it in it's that fun, context. Though. But, yeah, it is fun. It is so much fun. Um, I don't know about you, but, yeah, whenever I do a video game session, I will come out of it just sad that it's finished. Yes, yeah. I leave on such a high when it's a directed session. When it's a self-directed session, I, I do have the luxury of being able to order the, often it's a spreadsheet of lines with a little bit of context as to where you're at. But otherwise, it's left to your own devices as to what order you record them in. So I tend to do like the, you know, as I get more tired, I leave the more emotional stuffs a little bit later. So I'm not like crying as my first thing and then trying to rip out some happy or romantic stuff. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, you get the luxury of that. Um, so it's, but that's a whole other skill set too is self directing, isn't it? You've, have you had oh, sessions yourself yeah. where you, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you get yes, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Self directing is, yeah. That's, that's really, it's really tough. It's really tough. Um, and yeah, you have to, you have to really tap into your instinct. I think that's, that's, that's a whole thing with video games as well. And acting, it's trusting yourself, trusting your instinct and going with it and not, not second guessing or questioning. Um, mm. cause I think that, that as an actor, it's, it's really hard. And I went through a period of my acting career where I was desperate to try, well, desperate to try and get it right to try and, oh, yeah. and, and, and be right. And actually, you know, and I say this to actors all the time, that's the worst thing you can do. Mm -hmm. Don't try yeah. to get it right. Do what you do well. Yes, yes. And, and being and perfect is actually right not wanted. The role, yeah. No, no, nobody's perfect. And, and, um, and I, think, I think for voiceover artists, I know that for me, so I, I went from doing lots of voiceovers, being, you know, doing commercials, promos, lots of corporate, to then getting into video games. And I had to, I had to really work hard to not get the words right. <laughs> yes. Strange. Because yes. In, in voiceovers, you know, when you're doing commercials, you're doing promos, you're doing corporate, everything has to sound, you have to make sure everything is pronounced. And, you know, and, mm. and you, you, it all has to be... I mean, it's, it's it's less so now, actually. It, much more the natural read is is more popular. But in, in video games, you know, you have to you have to talk like we talk now, and we stop, and we start, and we fumble, and we make mistakes, and all of that, which needs mm. to needs to be in video game voice acting. Yeah, people sniff out fake really quickly, and I think that's why there's a general shift towards being natural or conversational over being yes you know perfect articulation because that doesn't sell anymore people you know like that's the beauty yeah. of games too is because the most emotionally engaging games are the ones where sometimes people aren't even speaking english properly like with um uncharted yeah. nathan drake you know when he 
a lot of the things that he articulates are not words. They're more the emotions that come before the words. Like there's sighing. You know, a sigh can say yeah. everything. Or, that, or it's yeah. that lead in. For example, if you say, I don't really want to go there, you could say, I don't really want to go there. I mean, that's not even, how do you even write that in a script? Yeah, like that's not a word. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but, it's, but it says everything about the emotion that, the characters in that state that they're in yeah. so yeah there's a lot of all of that whereas yeah so but it's it's good to to realize how we actually speak is not perfect um yeah yeah definitely 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 and so tell tell us a bit about kind of what's happening in the video game industry in australia um i was about to be sarcastic and say not a lot but then i thought oh come on um no <laughs> it's what i what i can, yeah, mm, what i can say is look it's embryonic at the moment it's a small industry okay. um the government yeah. does some funding like state and federal government but the state governments particularly in victoria and queensland are the two states that are going to be the big players at the moment um, for funding and supporting the grassroots, the the studios that are looking to develop, you know, video games here. Um, and I think, yeah, for, like that's what I'm seeing. New Zealand, of course, is having some phenomenal um, game studios and the games that they're putting out like Icarus, um, of course, Path of Exile, New Zealand game, um, Bloons, another one I worked with. So that's really saying something it's not the size of the country it's whether you're supporting your creatives to grow um so yeah australia it's i think this is i don't know probably going to land me in hot water but i'd rather tell the truth um agents voice agents in australia don't know quite what to do with video game voice actors there's nothing in the union um voiceover rates at the moment that even talks about video games or interactive entertainment. It's still focused on rates for commercials and radio and whatnot. So it sort of trickles down where voice agents here, they won't take you on if that's your specialty. They're kind of focused on the commercial, um, you know, what brings money through the doors, what's the tried and true. But games and interactive entertainment is so huge. Like that's, it's going to happen. It's going to be an avalanche. So I think um, Australia still got a little bit of a way to go to get their, their head around, I guess, the enormity of what's going to happen with the video game world. Yeah, so that's that's where Which it's at right now. Yeah. Well, so it's it's where the UK was a few years ago, it sounds like. Yeah. And, and I remember yeah. when agents here weren't taking video games seriously, uh, voice acting video mm -hmm. games. That, you know, yeah, we just want commercials. We want the big bucks. Mm -hmm. And they have all, mm -hmm. I mean, not all of but they they have really, you know, taken notice now i mean the video game industry makes more money than music and movies combined it yes. is absolutely yes. huge and um it, so so agents in australia are, are listening to this you guys need to get on board because it is very exciting and there are there are lots of yeah. you know there are lots of games being made and you know when you think of kind of what's happened with the pandemic in terms of you know live action well, it mm. had to stop, and a lot of the lot of the investors, you know, have have not gone back into live action, and and that money has gone into video games. So, so that's it's 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 really really exciting, and there is so much happening with video games. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's um, a lot of I'm work, sure a lot of work for everyone, which yeah. is good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you work with clients globally, I'm guessing. Yeah, most actually most. 
are actually international, yeah. um, which is weird. Cause, so I think I stopped counting how many video games I voiced for when I hit the 30 games. I thought, okay, stop counting now. It's getting silly. Um, but of, of all those games, I've only once been asked to do an Australian accent. So it says something. Oh. Um, most are in American dialect, um, British or transatlantic. So it says something about, again, it's just reflecting the market. So there's not and, – and the one that requested um, – the Australian accent was actually a US studio. So it was kind of really interesting. I thought, what's going on here? Um, so, yeah, that's another thing I learned is that if you want to get into video games, it's really good to have a general American accent because the studios there are just fantastic. North American market um, is great and they have a lot of studios that you can work with for paid work. I'm not talking about um, pro bono work right now. I'm talking about the paid work with studios. So yeah, that really broadens the opportunities to have an accent outside your standard range. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, opens yeah opens things up. So yeah, so what advice do you have for for anyone who wants to get into voice acting in video games? Yeah, uh, start with where you're at. So uh, first all of all, I'd say, and this is the fun part, play video games. Um, you get yeah. to hear other voice actors. Usually the 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 top end voice actors. It lets you know where the industry is heading and the level that you are looking to um, model off. Um, and you get to hear, and also, you know, play some dodgy games as well because you get to hear why voice acting doesn't work too. It's just as informative. Um, yeah. Don't be obscure. I'd say you have a website at the bare minimum, you know, at least your first name and surname dot com or, you know, whatever, whatever suits you. People can find you. Don't hide away. Yeah. Um, so have a, an online presence at the minimum and play games. Study as much as you can. And because it is about acting I think it just should be called actors not voice actors but that's a whole other conversation but because that's really the skill you need is acting so it's not about how your voice sounds it's whether you can bring that believable performance and and have it all come through your voice so acting classes go to theaters watch other actors listen to other actors learn as much as you can about you know acting skills and learn about yourself if you need to go to therapy to learn about yourself do that because we're weird humans are weird we we have usually have two emotions running through us at the same time we're not we're not just like i'm you know perfect happy guy number one for 24 hours a day no we got multitude of emotions so learning about yourself is equally as important as also learning about the characters that you're you're going to be voicing yeah that's probably my top three tips. Top two. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and yes, training is super important, guys. Um, mm. There is there is lots of training out there. And I mean, when I came into the industry, there was very, very little and it was really hard to get any information. Um, but now there are there's lots of training available and there's lots of free resources as well, like our podcast that you are listening to now. Um, but here at The Voice of a Network, we do do webinars and we have a lot of workshops and we do the buzz magazine as well and just going to throw in get your game on which is our um video game conference for voice actors so uh it's at the moment it's in london and la um so there yes keep an eye out guys um and make sure you join our mailing list to find out more about that awesome event um Ooh, that's so good <laughs> yeah so much fun so much fun um wonderful so what do you what do you think makes an audition stand out I'd say two things. One is making specific choices yep. in your performance. So yep. you're not just going to be 
you know, scary big monster. It's a, that's a very broad brush approach. So that's yeah. not really going to stand out. But if you, if you added a couple of emotions to that line of dialogue, such as maybe that monster, what's their vulnerability? Maybe they're afraid that people will see that they, they have a heart and just want to be liked. Yeah. You know, that would that adds nuance to a performance and it also makes it more specific. So, and lines of dialogue change so much based on what your intention is behind it. So if you can get specific, mm. put some adjectives to your character, not just treat them as a generic performance or just going to have a deep, gruff voice. Um, that'll go a long way. Um, and the second one is, and unfortunately, this is the reality because we are a lot of us are working from home is you you have to wear multiple hats you can't just be a voice actor and you also need to be a bit of a sound engineer i use that term very loosely because sound engineering is like a magician stuff to me um (laughs) but you need to know how to self-record like self-tape and do a basic you know um you know noise gate if you've got that or if you just want to you know normalize um so that you know how to send off and export your auditions um, and make sure you have a quiet recording area um, so that the quality is there. So they're the two things, I think. So believable, specific choices and um, basically don't be shite with your recording. Don't record it on a phone, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. so at least it gives the studio an idea of your um, recording facilities. Definitely. Definitely. Great advice. Thank you for that. Guys, we're just going to take a brief pause now to hear from our wonderful sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Apogee, Hindenburg, Source Elements and Focusrite. Source Elements, pioneers in remote recording since 2005. Whether you're narrating lines for films, audiobooks, animation or video games, with Source Connect, you will deliver remote voiceover takes in the highest quality and in perfect sync over the internet. This podcast is brought to you by Focusrite Vocaster. Focusrite's recording interfaces have already helped make more recordings than any other, ever. Now, with Vocaster, it has never been so simple to get the best sounding podcast with auto gain, enhance, and easy start tool, all the things you need to get recording. Vocaster is the easiest way to set up your show. Find out more at focusrite.com or search Vocaster. Tell the world. This podcast was sponsored by Apogee, your audio solution. When it comes to home studios, Apogee is on the cutting edge, providing excellence in every area. They creatively think outside the box to create solutions for all the day-to-day problems faced by voiceover artists. And finally, Hindenburg Narrator, intelligent and intuitive software editing to solve your most common audiobook narration challenges. From uneven levels and noise reduction to ACX and Findaway validation. Download your exclusive Von 60-day trial and $50 discount code at hindenburg.com forward slash voiceover network. Wonderful. So we are back. Um, we've been talking lots about uh, acting, about auditions, about training. Um, how important would you say networking is? Yes. Cannot ignore networking. I uh, yeah. just, you know, throwing from my experience, I wouldn't get anywhere without people. 
you, you know, you cold calling and spamming people is not the way to go. It's building genuine relationships. So with your fellow voice actors, you're in a discord group, you know, support other voice actors, you know, ask questions, answer questions if you're in the position to, but it's really going out, meeting people or going online and meeting people um, in a positive space and let people know you. And it's not just about voice mm-hmm. acting. Maybe you've got other hobbies that you want to share or maybe you're, you know, you dabble in graphic design and you want to do people's avatars in a cartoon style and you offer that too. But yeah. it's, you know, when people get to know you, that's when you book because people like yeah. to book people they know, like and trust. That's that classic, you know, trilogy. Yeah. Um, they've got to know you first. They've got to like you, which means, you know, don't don't be a unlikable person with disagreeable personality traits but you know and be trusted to be able to do a good job so um networking is everything and i know it's got a bit of a uh, i think a a negative connotation sometimes it's not about spamming people and shoving your card down people's throats as soon as you meet them it's like you know hey how are you you know like and what are you doing show interest in the other person not Mm. just spam I, i want a job are you booking a hey game studio like book me book me you know it's um yeah, it's almost the opposite. You're almost not selling yourself, which is strange. Yes. But yeah, people Absolutely. people are awesome. They are. They are. And in this industry, people are so lovely. You know, voices are, yeah. are some of the nicest people you'll meet. And also video game people. You know, people who work in video games are mm. passionate about video games. Like nobody who works in video games is like, meh, well, I just got this job. Like everybody in that industry is so passionate and excited. So yeah, networking is about building those connections and just, yeah, being being helpful to them. That's what I often say to people about mm. networking is, is be yeah. of service to other people. That that's where it works. If you can go and help them instead of going into a situation thinking, what can I get from this situation? You need to go into that situation, whether it's social media, whether it's um, an online workshop, whether it's an in-person workshop, an in-person event, go into that that um, environment thinking, how can I help somebody else? What can I do of service to somebody else? And that's where the magic with networking comes. Absolutely. Definitely. I agree with you fully there. I mean, that's how I've that's how I've experienced it. And I have to give, you know, credit to every person I've met along the way. Um, the referrals from people yeah. who've mentioned that I do voiceovers. Um, yeah, people are your best assets. Treat people well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not about you. You know, everyone's got their own stuff going on and and um yeah, see how you can help. That's such that's such wonderful advice, yeah. Definitely. And interesting that, you know, your first kind of break into the industry was you obviously you were doing a, a an on-screen acting role, but you were talking about something you were passionate about. And and I'm sure you've had, you've got other examples, but for me, you know, I've, I've got some amazing roles from just chatting to somebody at a wedding or at a kid's birthday party, or, you know, going out with some friends and just getting chatting to somebody and it turns out that they're a casting director for, you know, mm. and you're like, oh, I'm a voice actor. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Yeah. And, and they, yeah, because yeah. people, yeah, they want to work with people they 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 know. And once you've met somebody, it, it kind of changes changes the, yeah. you know. The, yeah, this also goes with don't, not being obscure, you know. You just don't yeah. be afraid to speak about what you're passionate about. You know, yeah. that's, it's fun. It's fun to be around fun people and that's what makes the game industry so enjoyable as well and and like you said they i find that voice actors are so supportive in ways that the film and tv actors haven't been i think maybe mm. i'm not too sure what that is There's, there seems to be a little bit more um competition or afraid to share auditions for, for fear that you're increasing the the competition pool but in voice acting i've found people have been incredibly supportive yeah. um 
like and so generous with their time and information like you know um, Dave Fennoy and Sissy Jones and oh, Doug Cockle who I think who's over there I think if yes. you get him on the show yeah, Doug is such a sweetheart Doug. yep yeah, and, and um, Dave is a very even good th- friend. Oh, oh. yeah, oh, he's a very great. good friend of mine. I love Dave. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't help it. I'm just like, oh, you're so cool. <laughs> so, yeah, voice actors are, are one of a kind. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So um, in terms of your career, um, can you share with us a challenge that you've faced and how you overcame it? Oh, that's a really good question. One that's probably going to be helpful to um, to people listening who are looking to get in is don't be so impatient to get a demo done. Um, it yep. is better to wait, save up your money, and spend yep. it with really good demo coaches who yep. are in the position to tell you, no, you're not ready yet, I'm not going to do your demo, and turn you away. They're the kind of demo coaches you want because um, you don't want to be getting your demo done too early because you think, I need one, I need one to get out there. No, you don't. Hold your horses because once that demo's out and your acting might be not, you're not confident in front of the mic um, and you spent a lot of money, um, you will regret it because it doesn't book you much work. And then you listen to it six months down the track after you put in your, you know, 1,000 hours and then you think, oh, I'm so embarrassed. That was terrible acting. You start mm. to listen and hear yourself, your earlier version of yourself. So I'd say save your money. Be patient. It is such, I mean, it's a bit of a cliche now where they say it's a marathon, not a sprint. But it is a long yeah. game. You have to yeah. realize that, you know, if it if you have to wait a year until you get a demo, that is like nothing compared to how long your career is going to be. So wait, save up. Um and and you'll save money that way as well because I did make that mistake. I did. I got a demo done too early, and and then I went back like a year later. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay, now I'm just going to save up and book with a professional, yeah. <laughs> and get the practice in in the meantime. Yeah. You know, when I came into the industry twenty odd years ago, I was just like, right, let's get a demo done, and mm-hmm. um, and yeah, you know, I hadn't got the training, and what's really important, and people sort of, mm. I, the question comes up a lot is like. When, when do I get a, a voice role made? And, and my thing is, to, I say to people, you need to do the training. It's really important. Yes, back then, 20 years ago, there wasn't training. So we, you know, we all just threw ourselves into it. But now there is yeah. the training. So you have to make sure you do the training. Because what happens with the training is you start to understand your voice. You understand, you know, what you can do with your voice. You know, the highs, the lows, the mm. fast, the slow. You know, all of that, that depth um, that you understand, you need to understand it. Um, and what I say to people is that don't do a demo until you feel confident that you can go into a studio and book a role. Because people think, mm. oh, I'll get the the demo done and then I'll then I'll do the training and, and then I'll get confident. Because oh, you, no. you need to recreate, yeah. you need to be able to recreate what is on your demo at the drop of a hat. Um, and so often I've, mm. you know, and it's really important that you guys pick the right producer as well. And don't let a producer push you in a direction that feels uncomfortable. Yeah. Because again, you need to be able to recreate that. So if if the the demo producer thinks, oh, brilliant, yeah, 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 okay, I'll I'll push you into doing a you know a Glaswegian Scottish accent, and okay, and you go, well, I can kind of do that for a little bit. They're like, brilliant, and you get it on your demo, and you get into a studio, and they say, right, oh yes, can we have the Glaswegian? And you're like, well, I can kind of do it for about ten minutes, and they want you, and then they get you to improv three hours. 
So that's really important, yeah. guys. Uh, make sure what is on your demo is something you are super comfortable with. And going back to the accents thing, you know, yes, accents are great. But yeah, again, don't put anything on your demo that you cannot live in. Mm. So, okay, this has been fantastic. Um, I would like to ask you, um, what advice would you give to a younger Gemma? I would say to not be afraid of the fact that I enjoyed video games so much, um, to have reached out or connected with other people earlier in my career uh, because I had no idea that voice acting in games was a thing. So, yeah, I th- I'd say if you've got a calling for something, you're drawn to something, whether it's, you know, anime, animation, uh, narration, video games, if you've got that inkling, pursue it, go for it, go nuts. You just don't know how it's going to happen or where it's going to lead, but it's going to be fun. Amazing. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Voice Over Hour podcast. It's been an absolute honour to have you and uh, really, really interesting. I hope to, to get out to Australia and come hang out with you soon. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's been an absolute pleasure and you'd be very welcome. Let me know when you come over. Thank you for listening to the Voice Over Hour podcast, season three. Brought to you by the Voice Over Network. With special sponsors, Hindenburg, Apogee, Source Elements, and Focusrite. My name's Rachel Naylor. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you check out our next episode, bringing you more behind-the-scenes stories in the voiceover industry.